All right, guys. Week 17. I have a novel idea for the podcast. We're going to make a podcast about podcasts and listen to a podcast in the scripted podcast about podcasts. Mid. <laughs> I think it'll work. Good evening, ghouls. Good, Good evening. Ghouls. This is a motherfucking drive out. This is a motherfucking drive out. First after movie a, of the year. A hefty movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first movie of the year of the year. And a great one to start off on, I Oh my thought. god, I haven't seen a movie since last year. Shut up. Babylon. 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 In all caps. Babylon. Man, what a movie. What a fucking movie. Who thinks they can do the summary? That's... I can take a hand at it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, our principal characters are Manny, an immigrant to the United States looking to break into the movie industry. Nellie, uh, a starlet in waiting who is trying to break into the, uh, the cast of celebrities in Hollywood. Jack, who is an already established silent pictures actor, big shot. Uh, Sydney, who is a trumpet player and who plays for the music in these movies. And to a lesser extent, what was her name? The... Liu. The, uh, Liu Fei. Fei, They called her yes. Fei. Fei, who is like an uh, oriental exotic... I mean, like, that's the, that's the words they would use to describe her, not me. Yeah, like 50s, um, like, yeah. Yeah, 30s. in like... 30s. <laughs> like yeah. 20s, 30s terms. Um, like, performer, I guess you would call her because she wasn't in the movies themselves right no, she would just perf- no. like to my recollection she just like performed at the parties and yeah stuff. i think she was just like a singer or something like that um so these are our principal characters they are walking in and out of each other's lives in the craziness that is 20s 30s hollywood and when the movie begins we are still in the silent era uh so movies are being made out on ranches, out in lots. Um, There is no sound in the movie itself. And uh, the the, the scenes of the movies being made are absolutely bug-fucking-nuts. There's camels and elephants and armies charging one another and... People literally dying. People literally dying. uh, Extras doing battle with one another jungles, adventures, uh, like everything you could possibly think of. Uh, and when they're not making movies, I, I mean like the first, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes of this, uh, of the movie that we're watching is this absolute frenzy of orgiastic hedonism that's happening uh, in like these old Hollywood mansions, just people in various stages of dress doing every possible kind of drug, um, just absolutely ludicrous amounts. Uh, it's, it's hard to give a play by play of the movie because it's meant to overwhelm you. Yeah. But I guess if I had to, I would like go, I would progress through like the lives of the people's, the people that I've already discussed. And each one of them are drastically impacted by the advent of, uh, talkies or movies with sound in them. Uh, specifically, 
Manny, who's looking to break into the movie industry, gets into the life of Jack, the established star. Jack sends him out to New York uh, to be to attend a screening of the jazz singer, famously known as like one of the very first talkies and the one that kind of like set the craze for it. And he immediately stumbles outside of the theater, gets right into a telephone booth, calls Jack and says, this is going to change everything, and it does. From that point on in the movie, we've, we've left the silent era, we're getting into the talkies, and I actually, uh, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that part out of the summary um, and talk about it later, but the advent of the talkies start changing everything. Jack's career starts uh, noticeably declining. Nellie, who had just barely become a celebrity, uh, is, is finding that she's not at all equipped uh, for this new kind of movie making or for the socialite, more like elitist people that make this, these kinds of movies possible. Um, Manny is pro po possibly doing the best. Uh, he's, broken, he's, he's broken into the industry. He's become a studio executive. Um, Sidney Palmer, who is the trumpeteer, uh, who briefly meets Manny, they kind of get together and form these collaborations where Sidney Palmer performs in like their own, uh, not like story-based movies, but like uh, performances that are recorded and then shown in theaters. Um, and uh, Faye, who's probably the least on screen of the, of the characters that I've mentioned before, um, gets into a romantic entanglement with Nellie uh, but is being forced out of that because Hollywood is being forced to become more sanitized. Uh, like, the, like the hedonism and, codes and, and yeah. uh, debauchery. Uh, they're, they're trying to put a rein on it and the homosexual nature of Faye's relationship with Nellie is seen as a, it, it, it's stigmatized, it's going to drag Nellie's career down and the studio doesn't want it so it pressures her out. Um, towards the end of the movie, m most of our cast's lives are falling apart. We have Sidney Palmer, who as a black man is forced to wear black face in his own performance so that he'll appear on screen a certain way. Um, we have Nellie, who's uh, like definitely being forced out, is no longer a star, is in this constant spiral of drug abuse and gambling problems uh, and just like burning all of the bridges around her because the people around her are too highbrow or she's used them in order to get out of those gambling debts. Um, Jack's career uh, has uh, has the death knell rung when a reporter basically puts in, or a movie journalist, I guess, correspondent, whatever, uh, publishes a big story that basically says that his career is over. Um, and then they all culminate with the exception of Manny. Um, Jack kills himself Nellie dies off screen, presumably from some sort of drug overdose or drug induced behavior. Um, Faye leaves for Europe. Uh, Sydney, after being forced to wear blackface in his own performance, um, basically leaves the stardom which he earned uh, in order to do more honest and like small performances, which he obviously enjoys much more. Uh, and Manny in trying to get Nellie out of the gambling problems that she was in, because as a studio executive, he's kind of like made himself responsible for her happiness and for her career. He's been in love with her this entire time, but Nellie gets into uh, gambling debts with the worst possible people, uh, and the deal that they had to try and 
pay off her debts falls through, uh, people are killed, and he is nar- he narrowly avoids death uh, and tries to take Nelly with him to Mexico, flee to Mexico. Uh, then the movie kind of hard cuts. Now we're in the 50s. That era, even even the era that we were just talking about is, is solidly over. Um, everything has changed. Hollywood is its own city now. It's not the Wild West anymore. And uh, Manny pays 50 cents in order to go into the movies. They're, they're screening some of the old movies that he worked on 30 years ago. And we go through this brief sojourn through the history of uh, film as Manny Can remembers it. Correct you. And uh, they're, they're just showing Singing in the Rain. Okay, sure, yeah. Which is the <laughs> I, we, story we see, of this We film. see a lot more than that, but I guess that like occurs in Manny's mind or whatever yeah. the fuck. Um, and then uh, we have a ever-going crescendo of noise and colors and music and film and uh, whatever else until uh, Manny's sobs turn into smiles and the movie ends. That's pretty good. Thank you. I don't think I could have done it, honestly. <laughs> it's it's a complicated movie and one that I'll just say off the top, don't listen to this episode if you don't go watch the movie. It's you got you gotta you gotta watch the movie. <laughs> so pause the episode, watch it if you can. Wow, it was so fucking good. It was so good. I uh, I struggled. I struggled through big parts of it. The the problem is is that like I'm a I'm a as as our listeners know, I'm a chicken breast smooth ass brain and I'm very impressionable and uh, I'm on these different social media websites and a lot of people were uh, kind of applauding the fact that Babylon was absolutely bombing that it was getting nowhere near its budget back um, in box office returns and and the, the term that I kept on coming across over and over and over again was Hollywood circle jerk um, and it, this is very much a movie about movies and the making of movies. Yeah. And I don't know. I think I still think uh, that there were parts which I I would just argue are just downright masturbatory. Um, like what? I mean, like definitely towards the end, uh, like the it, like putting the entire history of movies, including movies that Manny couldn't have even possibly seen. Like we're like we're we're leaving the gravity of like the actual people in the movie behind. Um, but as much as I felt that at certain parts in the movie, uh, other other parts like when a dude gets shit on by an elephant, or um, yeah, I don't know. Just like I I I couldn't. I had fun despite myself, and uh, it's a fun movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know. It's. I think this just is going to be one of those things where I just disagree, because I love the. I, I don't. I don't think those parts were masturbatory at all. I think that those parts were very um, integral to what this movie's about. I don't know. I think. I think they're very necessary. Um, yeah. I don't know what I would cut from this movie to be honest. Like. I was really worried that I, we've been going to a lot of three hour movies because a lot of three hour movies have been coming out and um, most of the time now I am just really bored. 
halfway through and I really need to pee and I'm hungry and I just want to go home. But um, we need to bring back the fucking one, intermission if we're going to keep having these three hour movies, dog. This one, I mean, it felt like three hours, but not in the same way that the other films that we've gone to see recently have felt like three hours. Um, I was captivated the whole time. And I really wanted to see what happened next. And I couldn't predict what was going to happen next, which was like a big thing. Like we went and saw Avatar. That was like one of our most recent films that we saw. And that one, like I knew exactly every single step of the way what was going to happen. And I hate that. <laughs> um, so this one was really refreshing because it was just... It was really exciting the whole time. Um, and we get that from the very first scene where we've got a guy who needs an elephant transported somewhere and you're like, why are we, why do we have an elephant in Mexico? And then you go to the party, which is just chaos. And like such an aptly named, excuse me, aptly named film Mm. because it was Babylon. It was just, you said it perfectly, just hedonistic. It was insanity but like the vibes were there (laughs) and I love that they went back to it at the end of the film too, just kind of like square it off Um, and I think I guess as far as like masturbatory goes I would say it was a little bit but I think that was a little bit of the point masturbating's fun you know (laughs) (laughs) as as uh, was shown throughout this whole movie you know and I the reason I think it's so important to correct you, it that scene in the end when he goes and sees Singing in the Rain um, is because the film, I mean, obviously the film Singing in the Rain was about when talkies came out and it's about when, seen it. how it, it changed the movie. And I also have never seen Singing in the Rain. It's kind of a crime, but like... It's on the list. It's, it's if you haven't seen it... Um, it's about this movie (laughs) like I mean obviously he's sitting there and he's seeing his own life reflected he sees Nelly in um I haven't seen it so I don't know the character's names in the woman who like the leading actress who once talkies come out she's got a really high-pitched voice it's really annoying and it's great for silent films because you don't need to hear anyone's voice and that's kind of what all the actors were going through at the time is because they went to movies because they didn't need to these stage actors but um so he saw that he saw himself he saw the films that he made so it was a reflection of that and it was a reflection of the entire movie up to that point which I I mean like when they were singing singing in the rain I was like oh okay that makes sense like the movie is about when talkies came to Hollywood like when that blew up and um that I don't know so it it was obvious to me that that's what was happening but when he went and saw it it was just like such a cap on all of that and it felt like all that emotion was pouring out um coming to just like a head at the the very end of the movie my my question to you the montage at the end we uh we start getting into like Jurassic Park and then Terminator and and then Matrix and then 
Avatar. Avatar. I hated that. <laughs> but no, no, because I the, hate. It's not it about makes sense. It's my not about soul Avatar. Rebels. It's not about movies and like the the progression of the good movies. It's about the progression of Hollywood. Yeah, and technology. the progression of technology and how the, its impact on the society and culture and how movies have changed. Absolutely. And Avatar is absolutely one of the most important movies as, in that as aspect. As horrible we have like as it is, I mean, it's horrible, an ass story. But <laughs> you know? it's still I, I want to replace movies. it with something. I don't have anything it's not better possible. to put in. I'll have to think about it. It's, I don't think you about can't, my soul Alec. rebel. I don't you think cannot. you can. It's, it's because just, it it's that fundamentally changed. It's the one Hollywood. But as I do agree that it, it sucks is. that it's up there with like Jurassic Park, <laughs> which I think is one of the best movies ever made, and like movies like The Matrix. I I might have left that one out. You know, I might have I might have just left the Matrix? stopped with The Matrix. But I think The Matrix has every bit of as impact on movies in general as Avatar does. Well, sure, but that's why Avatar's there. <laughs> because it's equally as impactful <coughs> as The Matrix. I don't know about equally. Oh, okay. absolutely. <laughs> anyway, I liked the montage at the end. I, I cringed a little at the Avatar simply because it felt like so out of place, but I understood why it was there and I wouldn't have taken it out. Um, I wanted to talk about what I think you were going to say in that where Nellie Leroy got her name when she went to the sanatorium and she asks for Nellie Leroy and they bring a woman who says nothing and she just is there awkwardly. Oh, I didn't think she asked for, I thought she was telling her her name and then they were like, oh, okay, let me go get the person you're here to see. Possibly. I don't know. It wasn't super clear, but that's what I understood. Because that was her mom, wasn't it? I that's the That's heavily so. the implication. Um... But I don't know. I thought she that was interesting. She never clarifies the relationship herself, and Manny doesn't ask. Nope. Which is interesting. Which, let's talk about Manny for a second. Mm. For all of the my realist. Latino kings in the audience, you stay away from white girls who get white girl wasted. You understand me? <laughs> you think you want it, you don't. It's not worth it. I know she looks like Margot Robbie. And to all you white girls getting white girl wasted, you leave those Latino kings alone. <laughs> Swear to um, God. Manny should not have been Even if the they way have kind eyes and they just want what's best for you. Manny was definitely the heart and soul of the movie for me. And he I think mean, he, he's he supposed to be. He's yeah. he's he's the the everyman, you know what I mean? Like he's the, he's the audience surrogate. Um so and yeah. Fuck me if Brad Pitt isn't just consistent, dog. Yeah, I, Brad Pitt, I've heard him described as a character actor who is uh, too pretty to be, to be like, uh, I don't know, cast in those roles. But now that he's getting older, he's kind of leaving the limelight a little bit and he's getting all of these roles like in Bullet Train. He was fucking phenomenal um, in this. I thought he was great in... Uh, um, the Tarantino one, I thought he was so good. Like, he, I feel like he was typecast in these, like, big budget action movies, like World War Z and Troy and stuff like that because he was pretty and he does have acting jobs. But now, like, as he's getting older, he's, like, aging like a fine wine and just taking these movies that are so fucking good. Mm. So, yeah, he did great. I mean, everyone did great. That was... Yo, the fucking utter hype when I saw Toby... <laughs> Toby Maguire, fucking Toby Maguire, <laughs> and their little, so their little descent into oh. hell itself, a la Dante and 
like Dante's was... Inferno. Oh my god. So fucking good. If you if you didn't okay, viewers, if you if you didn't listen to Robert's uh, instructions earlier and have not seen the movie. First of all, fuck you. You need to know that two hours and forty-five minutes in, Manny, our, our probably our favorite closest to her heart character, is trying to find a bunch of money to pay off Nelly's gambling debts and uh, walks into the home of an extremely dangerous, like criminal underground type, and it's Toby fucking McGuire, and he has these sickly dark bag rings <laughs> under his eyes and he's got these tobacco stained teeth and the way that his hair is cut and the way that he applies makeup in the movie makes him look like a fucking deranged lunatic and he brings the the the, the criminal underlord that Toby is playing brings Manny to like the quote unquote last place you can have a good time in uh in LA and he brings us into like this like almost bomb shelter, like abandoned a mine yeah, abandoned like mine. type thing where you've got like people in cages, like blood sports, uh, giants biting the heads off of rats, like deformed, like freaks chained to the wall. Like it, it's, it's like the, it's, it's, it's the party from the very first scene, but disgusting and scary it's so dark and dark <laughs> Not like so dark because like at, at the party, alligator, the party like, in the beginning, everyone is beautiful. Everyone is having a good time. Everyone is there because they want to be. But they're and, still doing debased things. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you know, pissing on people and like degrading people. <laughs> but it's all and, like, consensual. <clears throat> yeah, it's all consensual. And the Tobey Maguire, it's the reflection, and it's so unsettling. Like. Yeah, people chained to the walls, people chained together, people in cages fighting covered in blood, pools of blood. Just and then yeah, the guy in the very the very basement just eating live rats. The hardest horror turn in a while oh that I've seen goodness. in a movie. Like the, the, the tension within me skyrocketed and uh Toby fucking killed it. He he was not he was in there great. long enough. No, no, he I mean I don't but know. But I'm actually glad because we couldn't of get much who more his of his character him. isn't what it represents. Yeah. That he wasn't in for longer. Yeah, and like him applying the makeup too, like right before they went down Ugh. the descent to just like let me like put on the makeup just like they do in Hollywood and like let me put on a face kind of thing. Like, ugh. It was so it was so good. I, I'm I'm surprised that the the man from fucking La La Land it was able to direct a horror scene like that. That's like, that's like up there with the big boys. Going you know down, what I mean? You know? Like, oh man! They're one just more like level, just another level, level, just one more level. And every time you're like, for the love of fucking god, don't! Like it's only gotten worse. Going down isn't going to make it better. But at the same time, what's the alternative? Yeah, what are what you do gonna you do? do? You're gonna say no. You're already here, so it can only get worse. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. And that's fucking horror dog and like, <laughs> like when you, not to mention like uh, we didn't talk about how he was bringing them like fake money without like, knowing yeah, without knowing he brought the counter so it's money. an alfred hitchcock ticking bomb yeah that like they like the, this toby's criminal underlord thinks that he's been paid off and everything is okay but manny learns that uh the money that he's handed off isn't real it's prop money because his dumbass friend like said that he was able to get the money and just grossly underestimated so the danger of the people that they were dealing with. And so you're just like on edge because the only thing keeping Manny safe is that he's there on the goodwill 
of this horrible fucking underlord, and then the underlord starts taking cash and throwing it at the giant eating rats, and then the freaking money gets wet, and then you can see it's fake. <laughs> oh my god, it's a yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a nightmare. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the um, towards the beginning when they are filming when when uh, Nellie gets her break. When she's dancing on the in bar. In the saloon. And the bar scene with the crying. It just, when they walk into the set and it's just in the desert and it's just 50 movies going at once mm. because you don't need to worry about anything Sound but what's in front of the camera. And that was so cool. I loved that, that little scene um, with everything. Um, and... I don't know. I think it's so. I think it's so cool. Like that, Manny and Nelly. Like I mean, Manny. Obviously, we follow him from the very beginning to the very end. It's his story, and all of his friends are just attached to him. But I thought it was just really beautiful how it was all woven together, and how Manny just like happened to be in all the the places. And uh, same with Nelly. Um. I don't know. I thought it was a really good movie. I thought that the story was very brilliantly told. And I think that it's relatable. As, like, unrelatable as these characters are to me personally, I thought it was so relatable and so well done. They're all just chasing a dream. A cocaine-laced, rotting dream. (laughs) And you know what? I That party in the beginning just crazy i cannot stop thinking about it <laughs> yeah. like i have dreams like that like <laughs> like Whoa, where it's hey, just hey, hey, hey. <laughs> where it's just like who's the one crazy. pissing on you I'm, there's no pissing in my dreams except never mind so was the, the <laughs> when you the, can't the find a toilet who has really the girl to piss pee. on him in the beginning and then she dies is that supposed to be fatty arbuckle is that what i, I mean? don't know who that is, is that what i'm to understand okay never mind film buffs in the comments sound off <laughs> And, and well, I guess what I need to do is figure out if the, because I, I know something about, I, I, I took a single class of film history. And that's the crazy thing is that, like, I, I know what era they're talking about. And, like, the jazz, like, this plays out almost like uh, a part, like, a few paragraphs inside of my history textbook that I took for this class. But the crazy thing is, is that this was a day in that class. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it was over. and <laughs> And it's, like, it's so... It, it's crazy because history, I don't, I don't know, this isn't a history podcast, but I'm just always astounded by the fact that history can be seen at any level of magnification. Like you could like write the history of the entire planet uh, in a single page, or you could write like the, the entire life story of a fly over the course of like seven books. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's insane that like the one or two paragraphs that I had to learn for a midterm exam in my film history class uh, about this particular period. I just watched a three hour movie about it that touched hardly any part of the, that like period's history, you know? Yeah. It's just, there's just so much going on. But I, I'm interested to know, cause I don't know just sitting here, if the people who we've followed, I mean like Sidney Palmer definitely has to be a real person, but are they all real people? Was Jack Conrad a real person? Is Manny Torres a real person? Is Nellie Delaroy a, a real person? Yeah. Um, and if so, like, did, did did Jack 
Conrad actually kill himself? You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm going to have to go down a, a Wikipedia rabbit hole to uh, see just how see, much of ma'am. this is. I, I like something I like. I haven't seen Whiplash, but seeing La La Land in this movie, I really like how this director, I can't remember his name right now, um, I like, he's kind of got this like fantastic representation of life in his movies. Like he doesn't get bogged down in like reality. You know what I mean? Like at the beginning, like I, there he can't be that many orgies. Rather than shows you what life looks like. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Cause you can't like, there can't be that many orgies. <laughs> of that magnitude. But if you're actually participating in one rather than watching one on a yeah. screen, then that's what it would feel like, yeah. you know? Yeah. That must have been crazy to fucking shoot. Oh, that would have been amazing. Could you imagine? <laughs> that would have been so much fun. How do you not get bricked up doing that? You absolutely do. <laughs> you have to, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Or I don't know, maybe I'd be too fucking nervous. <laughs> that's true. It's a lot going on. Yeah. And just way more piss, shit, and vomit than I was anticipating. Oh, my God. The fucking... That's one thing I always can't stand. on someone also. Yeah. Very important. Like, there's, there's a piss scene, and the piss gets on someone. There's an elephant shit scene, and the shit gets on someone. And there is a vomit scene, and the vomit is on someone. We're talking, like, exorcist levels of, like, projectile yeah. piss, shit, and vomit. <laughs> like, I, I do not like vomit scenes. Do not. Makes me very uncomfortable. What this? For the amount I vomit, it's not a it's not a a good correlation or a, a good ratio. <laughs> I shouldn't be that grossed out by it, is what I'm saying, and I am very grossed out by it. The elephant shit. Oh, it was visceral. It reminds me of a story like I was in. I must have been a senior at this time in high school, and there was this girl I had a huge crush on. Um, from this charity show that we did down on the strip. Oh, Coco? Yeah. Um, and shout out Coco. I shout out Coco. She's an actor. Right. She, and she went and did her thing. Okay. I, don't, I, I don't know much about her, but I follow her on Instagram or maybe Facebook. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Get yours, queen. Leave Get those yours, Latino queen. kings alone. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, like, super nervous to, like, take her on a date one time. And we went and saw Pitch Perfect. Because, like, you know, as a theater kid, that that's an obvious choice to, like... But you weren't expecting Especially because we met because of theater, because we were doing, like, a variety show together. Um, on the same stage that uh, fucking Neil Patrick Harris performed on, which is crazy. Um, but she... We, like, went to this thing. I was super fucking nervous. And then, of course, the first, like like, minute of this film, there's just, like, this massive vomit scene, and I'm just like, god damn it, this is not the movie that I thought we were gonna go see, like, yeah. Very similar vibes, where it's like, you go to the movie, and immediately you're taken down the shit road, and you're like, okay, I don't know, literally anything could happen in this movie at this point. Well, and then... (laughs) It was senior night, boys. We got the 65-year-olds up in the theater speaking oh, yeah. their fucking minds. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. These geriatric so, yeah. Speaking their goddamn minds. We went to the Cinnabar, 
uh, where they like like you can like get food and drinks and stuff like that. And I was actually genuinely surprised because I'd heard nothing about this movie except for how poorly it was doing in relation to its budget. But when we walked into that theater, dog, packed, packed. And I haven't sat at the front of the theater in a minute with fifty pluses. I swear to God, like yeah. they were so old, and the people directly behind us just constantly like, oh, oh. He's going upstairs. Is he going to kill oh, himself? Is he going to kill himself? Is he oh, going to kill himself? It. What do you oh my God. fucking think? And not even <laughs> like, whispering, like just like straight no, up talking. Full up as if they are on their <laughs> couch at home. The, the yeah. credits start rolling, and this old lady's just like, well, that was intense. <laughs> yes. I just want Yes, oh my Charlotte. God. Yes, Betty. <laughs> yes, it was intense. I revel in knowing that they were fucking cringing during those orgy scenes. <laughs> <laughs> they were probably so. I'm sure they they're like, oh my, oh my god. No, they did the entire film, like the entire and three not, hours. I hate it when people talk during movies. I'm not a huge stickler. Like I don't care. I like am. if something's going on, and then they're like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? Like, but like it was like, like quiet, intimate moments, like that are very like special and quiet on screen, and they'd be like. What is he saying? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> no, 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 no. Shut the fuck up! Or, like, they're sitting there and, like, the, the newspaper shows, like, that the lady had died. Yeah. Like, and she's reading oh, it out loud. Oh, it says that she died at age 68. Oh. It's like, yeah, it's bitch, like, we can we read. Here. We're here. We are here. <laughs> We're looking at the same screen you are. Anyway. Rotten Tomatoes moment? Rotten Tomatoes moment. What do we moment. think? I'd give it a good high 80s. 80, 88, 89. For you personally. For me personally. Okay. I really liked it. Yeah. I'm going to say 89, 92. I'm, in, I'm yeah. interested that you guys gave, like described the movie in the way that you did initially because I'm around that. I, th- I think I'm mid-80s, but I thought that there'd be a greater discrepancy <laughs> because you guys were like, I don't know, we, like... The energy felt different, but I, I guess when we put it on a number line, we more or less feel the same. I mean, I, lo- I loved it, but I didn't feel particularly yeah, emotionally feel connected like... to exactly. any of the characters. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I I really loved it. Um, and I thought it was a really great, yeah, technically great movie. There were... But it wasn't, it wasn't like the best movie I've seen. And it wasn't like my favorite movie, but I really, it was one of... One of my favorites. It's one of my top ten that we've watched so far together, I, don't think, I think. If a movie doesn't make me cry, I don't think I can get into the 90s. What I will say, as far as, like, I know there was a stretch where every movie I was talking about, costuming and set design and casting, and th- those things were true here. But specifically, I want to shout out the editors and the cinematographer. There were these insane flying shots throughout, like, uh, at, like at, especially at the end in the movie theater, where we're pulling in and out and back and around, or like the scene where Jack, uh, Brad Pitt, is going upstairs to kill himself and we just barely see it in the crack of the door. You know what I mean? Like, they, like there was some really inspired camera work going on, and I'm and not color. sure, Lots of I'm not one sure shots. what was and wasn't. Lots of one shots. Like drone shots, or if it, was, if it was just a really, really crazy camera rig that they had like well plotted out beforehand, but there was some like technically just awe-inspiring camera work going on yeah and the 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 reds and blues that they kept mixing together and like that was very very good too i don't remember i can't remember what movie or book we were talking about or read or maybe i read um but like oh i think it's breakfast activities actually where there's like you know when you get the blues um the the phrase getting the blues right um, 
the char- the one of the main characters at breakfast, breakfast at Tiffany's talks about getting the reds, and mm-hmm. it's like the, mm-hmm. it's like the opposite. It's like the high anxiety, manic like feeling that you get sometimes, and this. I've been thinking about that a lot, like the blues and the reds, and then watching this movie and like seeing that correlate was like, because like the blues are like when he's sitting there talking um, to Faye, sorry, Manny. Yeah, when Manny was talking to Faye and like basically firing her and like this like bluish green hue and like um, the red when they're going descending down into hell and it's just red and anxious and like high energy you know mm. what I mean like thinking about it in that way was a lot of fun or the yellow of the like out in the desert yeah like shots yeah like and last thing uh, at, at least for me that entire dialogue scene between uh, Brad Pitt's character and the journalist after the journalist has uh, mm. published the story mm-hmm. about how his career is over and she talks about how like it was always going to end at some point, and I know that you're mad that it's ending now and not later, because we would always prefer it be later. But like when you're in the movies, you're you're, you're a ghost, you're you're an angel, you you'll know. Always, like, you'll like, always you, be you, summoned. And yeah, you're immortal now. You can be like, summoned from the like from beyond the abyss of death. Like fifty, a hundred years from now, a child will see you on the screen and feel like they know you. So it's like a form of immortality to be remembered, you know, yeah. and uh, that's that like that that point in particular is where the movie felt less masturbatory to me and just genuinely more like contemplative or honestly profound about like the nature of movies and is our movies high art or not high art and so on. Yeah. And then at that point when she's giving her great monologue, the people behind us are like, oh, so she's saying she's a cockroach. Like he, there was just like a one-off line where he calls her a cockroach, and she's like, "Oh, she's a cockroach." So I'm like, "Shut the fuck up, you stupid <laughs> geriatric! Like, fall down and break your hip." Don't so if you've uh, if you've got three hours to spare, and you don't mind uh, see it in the theater, just a lot of stimulus. This is this is tons one that I would ask that you see in the theater. T O T tons of tits. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and. Hello you want to see Margot Robbie's nipple? I'm going to have to go take care of some stuff. Just one this nipple. Movie. Just one. That's what I said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, we gave our Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, what's the... what's The um, the tomato meter, like critics, 55. Mm-hmm. Really? Audience score, 51. Damn, wow. the, the critics are felt seen. They were butthurt. They were like... Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> That's crazy. I thought it was great. I thought the critics were going to... It's weird, too, because I've only heard good things from people, <laughs> so... Yeah, That's interesting. But, yeah, go see it yourself and see uh, see what you think. See Margot Robbie's nipple. We're not sure it's hers. That's true, it could not Her be face hers. wasn't on screen when you saw it. This is true. Go see a, a lot of... Go see, you know. go see two, you get a two lot of penises. There are, there are a lot... Of titties and a lot of dick and a lot of ass. There's not a lot of movie. dick. There's a pretty good There's amount. There's a solid amount of dick. In the orgy? In the orgy, but not near as many as tits. No. Which sure. is another thing that I I mean, well, that's talk not fair because there's day. two tits for every one dick on a person. No, no, no. I mean, genuinely, like, ratio <laughs> person to person. <laughs> per capita. Yes. Per capita. <laughs> because. There is still more tits. There, because we're allowed to see full naked women and nothing's wrong 
with that in a rated R movie, but you can only have, like, a flaccid penis, or you can only have, like, a fake penis. You can only have so many because... Bullshit. Free the penis. Honestly, we can talk about this another time, Mm -hmm. because we've already talked a lot about this, but um, this movie was Babylon, and... And maybe that's your thing, and maybe it's not. You can decide how you feel about it. Yeah. I think it's worth seeing for sure. Absolutely. If, if you're going to see it, if you have any interest, try and catch it in theaters before it's gone. Yeah, because that's another thing that we won't get into, but the score, very good. Yeah, um, a lot going this, on. This director, God, that I really trumpet I can't player, remember his name. Dog, the guy that played Sidney Palmer? Yeah. Ugh. Bend me. He really was playing <laughs> the trumpet, too. Well, cool. We love you, ghouls. Love you, ghouls. Go see the movie. Follow us on the socials. Get into an orgy. Don't don't. tell us where it is. Send Alec uh, unsolicited dick pics. I actually, if any of you are willing to send me dick pics, I'll rate them. I'll be sincere, (laughs) too. Love you, girls. Good night. Send send one, uh, like, flaccid and full mast. I don't want any half (laughs) chub. Good night. Good night. night. Send them to the email. Bye.